This is the Loris Butler Hunter podcast, and it is a story of her life. It is one of love, devotion, and unwavering commitment to faith and family. I'm Loris Butler Hunter, and I believe it's not the years in your life that count. It's the life that's in your years, and I have been blessed to have both. And we are so excited to talk about Loris's like beginning years, her zero to seven years. And so Loris, like, tell us a little bit about um, how old your parents were, where you guys were, what year you were born, and even any, if you have um, a story about like what kind of baby you were, like if your mom talked about that, like what were your parents' full names and, you know, kind of give us the brief of like how you came into this world. Okay. Well, I would love to tell you about that. Um, I was born February 12th, 1939. My parents at that point were living in Fort Worth, Texas, but I really can't consider myself a Texan because we only lived there for six weeks after after I was born. Uh, My parents are Charles Corwin Butler and my mother's name was Margaret Etta Christoffers. Um, My name, Loris, came from, my father had an, an aunt he really, really liked named Laura. And they thought me about naming me Laura, but thought maybe people would call me Lori. And they didn't particularly like that name, but they remembered that daddy had an old girlfriend, so to speak, named <laughs> Loris, spelled L-A-U-R-I-S. And so they agreed to this name, but they also had a big compromise that they made up my middle name, Jonelle, J-O-N-E-L-L. Um, my grandmother, my mom's mother's name was Johanna. And they, sometimes she went by Johanna and sometimes she was Hannah and she died before I was born. So I don't know her, but my father's um, mother was Nellie. So they made his name Jonelle, J-O-N-E-L-L. And David's little girl, Ellie, her name is really Elizabeth Jonelle. And I was very excited that they, they and chose. Kristen, and Kristen is Kristen Jonelle. And Kristen's, Kristen's Kristen Jonelle. Yes. Yeah. Um, but cool. nobody's naming their child Loris, but I was excited that somebody would want to use Jonelle. Well, nobody yet, nobody yet, but maybe somebody listening to this is named Laura. So you know. maybe, oh, maybe we'll see. It was yeah. a, a difficult for, name for me as a child. Um, it's certainly much more acceptable now and people don't debate too much about whether I'm male or female, but they did then. And there is, it was a famous World War II general who's buried at Arlington Cemetery and his name was Loris, L-A-U-R-I-S, Norstad. Oh, wow. So it was a male name. So it of. could be a male name. Yes, it could be a male or a female name but there's not very many of them around now. So. Oh, yeah, I have. Yeah, but, um, anyway, um, my father did spoils, soils experimental work. And so uh, they were transferred and we moved to a town called Batesville, Arkansas. And we lived in a beautiful stone, one uh, story home um, built on this experimental station. And I grew up walking in the fields with my dad and checking the watermelons and looking at how the cotton was doing and so on. Um, We had a little dog named Lassie, but because she was a Scotty dog and a little black Scotty. And um, so it wasn't like she was Lassie in the movies. That was the. Wait, was Lassie in the movies? Was this before Lassie in the movies? Like you had the first Lassie? Yes. Before that. Lassie in the movies was when I was a little older. Yeah. But around and, the same time, but they named her Sassy Lassie because she was yeah. a Scotty dog. Yeah. Okay, so we had our dog, 
And um, when yeah, I was a little more than three, my brother was. You guys were a little bit older when you were born. How old were my, you? Yeah, my mom was 30 and my dad was 31. Okay. Would have been. They were married six years before they had me. And I understand I was a very prayed for child also. Oh. It's, it's nice to know. Yeah. Um, they, um, let's see. What Your my mom. earliest memory, I believe, um, my I had a very, very clear memory of going to the hospital with, at the time that Bruce was born. Mm. And the problem, the reason my memory is so clear was um, most homes, a lot of homes in those days didn't have showers. They just had a bathtub. And we okay. had, we lived in a nice home, but which um, was with a bathtub. And daddy went in to bathe and he locked the bathroom door. And I had to go pee pee. And I wet my pants and I was wearing my best dress because oh, we were no. going to go to the hospital to go see my mom. And I was knocking on the door and I kept saying, Daddy, let me in. I have to go to the bathroom. And but he was running the bathwater and he didn't ever hear me. And so uh, that was partly the mortification of having this happen when I was all dressed up, ready to go. Yes. And your poor mother probably about to deliver and then had to deal with yeah, No, she'd had the baby because then you stayed in the hospital for like a week. Oh. I remember we took some of my mother's dirty clothes home to wash, but I oh. remember being in the hospital room, not so much seeing Bruce, but I remember being with mother at the hospital. So I would have been three years plus three months. Although I believe I remember Pearl Harbor day, which oh. was the December before Bruce was born in May. Mm -hmm. So I would not have been three yet, but I don't remember that it was Pearl Harbor day per se and what was happening. Yeah. But my mother's father was visiting, and I remember that we sat around the radio, but he had stick candy that he bought me, and uh, he pulled it out of his pocket, his inner coat pocket. It was a stick candy, uh -oh. and I always associate him with that, but I remember eating the stick candy as we were sitting in the living room, mm -hmm. and my mother told me, yes, I probably do remember it, and that that was Pearl Harbor Day, but I would have only been, well, I would have been just two months shy of being three. So, so you don't remember being fearful or anything during the war? That um, yes, in a way, because uh, we had to keep all the lights off because we, oh, so then when Bruce, right after, not too long after Bruce was born, we moved from Arkansas to New Jersey. Okay. And in New Jersey, because we were living on the East Coast and this was wartime, yeah. we had to keep the curtains closed at night and we couldn't have lights on, but we would listen to the radio and there was a little light that shone on the radio. So you could see how to turn the dial and we would huddle around the radio. But my dad worked as a, I think it was called an air warden. He would have to go out at night sometimes through the neighborhoods. I think maybe being sure that people's dark out shades were drawn. I'm, I'm not quite sure everything that they did. Wow. But anyway, but, um, and we lived in New Jersey until I was seven. So we lived in New Jersey from when I was through little more than three until I was seven. Now, and then why, why, why did you guys move to New Jersey? Because my dad's job. Got okay. Because he again, and I, I don't remember a lot about this, but again, he was helping work on this where they were experimenting with probably all the right kinds of fertilizer and crop rotation, all these kind of things that were big, really big after the war, the jobs were plentiful, the economy was really booming. But I know that the food that they grew on this farm went to the state hospital that was nearby. Okay. Um, and there was um, 
very big at that point that if you had um, mental issues or you had a, a child that had any of these kind of issues, the children just lived in a state hospital. Okay. And people did. You didn't have such a thing as outpatient psychiatric care or anything like that. Um, which that'd be, that'd be a whole discussion for another day because I've read some interesting books that look back at this time when, um, you know, if, if a husband could say his wife was yes. depressed or they it's wanted to get rid of a wife, you just say she's mentally ill and you yes. were in this hospital. Yes, luckily we don't live in that same yeah. time. Right? And so. parents were encouraged um, in many instances if they had a child that um, showed any of these kinds of signs that what we would now call developmental delays or autism or anything like that. You just, yeah. you just took your child and left them. You mm -hmm. didn't try to raise the child yourself, which I don't think my parents would have done. But anyway, that's I remember vaguely that that's where the food went that was raised there. Okay. Um, but I was very aware of the war because we rented in New Jersey a home from um, a couple where the man and the wife were both in the military and they were away at war. I don't know where they were or the details about it, yeah. but it was a house on a small acreage um, on the side of a little town that even today, the town has just oh, a population of just a few thousand. It's okay. still a little town. It's uh, a way out suburb of New York City. So what I want to tell you about how, when I was four years old, I rode the Greyhound bus to kindergarten. And we're going to, I want you to tell us too, I just want to, was your oh. mom a stay-at-home mom or did she work? Yeah, no, she was a stay-at-home mom. Stay-at-home mom. That's the point. Took care of you. Yes. And we, because we lived on this acreage, um, we could um, raise, we could raise our own chickens oh. and uh, Fun. just, um, and have other, uh, a big garden. And uh, live a, a different kind of a lifestyle, but I think my parents were were very happy oh, being okay. there, and we had good friends there. Um, yeah, my um, my father had been raised Baptist, and my mother Lutheran. But because I, when I was born, they settled on being Methodist. <laughs> oh, they in the middle. That's funny. That's cute. <laughs> they could agree on something. Yeah. Um, but that's probably. Okay. A story you, for another day too. Yeah, yes, yeah, we're going to talk about that when we get about my church. But let me tell you about what happened when yeah, about kindergarten. And I when I had this written down because um I wrote yeah, it. So, yeah, so I'll so tell you about for sure. My family, my family lived in a very small town not far from Princeton, New Jersey. There was no public kindergarten in those days, and apparently there was no kindergarten of any type in Dayton, where we lived on a big house but on a small acreage. Adjacent to our house was a highway that reached Cranberry, a slightly larger town, about five or six miles away. My parents found a school for me there. It was called Aunt Clara's Kindergarten. Cute. I was way too young to know or to even understand the deal my parents worked out with a Greyhound driver or drivers to transport me to and from school. It seemed to work well, and I loved the special feeling I had riding on the bus all by myself. Sitting up close to the driver had me believing I was more special than the grown-ups on the bus. And oh, how I love kindergarten. My best memory was being chosen to be Little Red Riding Hood in the school play. I believe I actually camp actively campaigned for that part because I had a red cape. <laughs> Nothing but a better than a five-year-old with a red cape, right? Oh, how exciting. Well, of course, I was four, remember. Four, that's right. During that year of daily bus rides, I remember only one frightening time. 
Instead of dropping me off at home, the driver drove 14 extra miles to New Brunswick, a much larger town, where I was to meet my mother and buy some new shoes. When the driver told me that it was time to get off and I started walking down the front steps of the bus, there were so many people waiting to get on that I couldn't see any familiar face. I burst into tears until I heard mother call my name and then I cried even more out of relief. I started first grade the next year when I was five. It wasn't until we moved to Montana two years later that I discovered that being a year ahead in school didn't really make me any smarter. (laughs) Did everyone in New Jersey start first grade when they were five? Or did my parents just think this was right for me? Too late now to get those answers, but it's on the list of the many things I plan to ask my parents when we can be together again. I love that. I can't imagine the Greyhound bus with like all the strangers and a four-year-old. I know you would never do that. We did these things all through my childhood, Jenny. We did these things that you would never, never do today, or the parents would be considered negligent. <laughs> right. It was, and it just tells us like how safe it was, how we found each other. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember where the road was, um, there near our home where I would wait for the bus. And my mother would be there with me when, when I got on and she would wait for when she knew the bus would be coming when they dropped me off at home. Because one day we had company visiting and um, a couple different sets of families were visiting us and it had rained um, and left big puddles on the road and then the sun came out. So us kids went over to this road and we rolled around in these puddles on the road until my father saw us. And they were horrified because this was one of the major roads between New York and Philadelphia. My goodness. And we were playing in the middle of a road on a, probably a Saturday or a Sunday afternoon. Having a ball. And so we, we got brought into the house, lined up on the couch, and we could either go to bed for the rest of the day and skip supper, or we could take a switching with a branch that my father tore off a little a, a shrubbery piece, but it was like a switch. And um, I chose the spankings, which really? was good because my mother baked a chocolate cake and the kids <laughs> chose to go to bed, didn't get any cake. You're like, I'll take a spanking if you give me cake. That's what I said, I'll take for chocolate, I'll do anything. <laughs> oh, I, I love that. That's I so still cool. have a little bit of that mentality, I think. <laughs> oh, well, we're but, glad. But did. I did have, I had a very, very happy, carefree childhood. Yeah, it sounds mm-hmm. idyllic and just nurturing, very, very nurturing. <laughs> Very, very nurturing. Absolutely. And, um, and we just, there was always just Bruce and me. That's yeah. No, I, I did ask my parents much later why they never had any more children. And my mother's answer was kind of vague, but she did say, well, honey, it was the war warriors and people just were not having babies too fearful. I think of what was happening. My father, Oh, I should say my father was not able to um, be when he was called up to be drafted, uh, they found scarring in his lungs and they thought that he had had tuberculosis. It turned out later on, much later as an adult, they uh, discovered and diagnosed this illness called histoplasmosis, which uh, many people who grew up on farms got, you particularly get it from cleaning out chicken coops. Oh. And, uh, but it does cause scarring in your lungs. But there's no reason my father couldn't have gone to war. And he wanted to um, be a, mil- a naval officer, but he was a half an inch too short. 
he was not a very How tall, tall was your father? He was about five, five and a half. My mom was five, four, so he was short. Yeah. So we have some of this shortness. I know. Yes, your son, John, who I'm married to is only five, eight, but like he, he's taller than his grandfather, who yeah. I think looks a lot like his great, his great grandfather. You know? Yes. Well, I'll have to show he you. He carries that. his name, John Corwin. And, and yes. Bruce carried your father's name, Bruce yes, Corwin. Bruce Corwin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was famous. Yeah. Name. Well, because we like having some of the names we do like in history. Yes, yes. Oh, well, thank you for sharing just these beautiful. So now I think we have a better picture of Bruce coming into the world and just that um, beautiful, like it was in the forties, right? Um, It it was in the forties and economically it was a good time because people who had grown up with um, a little earlier, there was a bigger division in our country between there was the rich and there was the poor. Yeah. Like in many countries where we still see this and you can't move very easily. But um, but after the war, we particularly developed a real big middle class thing. Mm -hmm. And I think definitely that's where my family fit in. We were never wealthy. My parents were. But we always had food on the table at the same time. We never we never really went without. But there was sacrifice involved in this. Mm -hmm. My parents, my parents were great. And I'll just have to wait for some more stories and I'll think some more things about them. Yes, because. um, you just painted just a beautiful um, picture of us kind of seeing your beginning years. And I could just imagine you on that bus wearing the cape in the play. With my red cape. Red cape. And and then also being so scared getting off the bus. Oh, I could just imagine. And I love that you could tell that you and Bruce, you till this day, you're best friends. And I love, you know. We had had our times. We had our moments. (laughs) Your moments. But the friendship has endured. And so um, I'm so thankful for that because I think that's one of the reasons your children are very good friends because mm-hmm. we're good friends with your so that already we're seeing the decisions and the home that you were born into were goodly parents and oh, absolutely my mom was one of my best friends yes and, um, I always knew I was daddy's girl too so it was kind of nice I, it was not that that I was only one parent's person yeah. I was I had both my parents you felt adored yep they I love were, it they're very right lovely. Thank you for um, sharing with us. And then um, we will give it to more in the next episode. Have a great day. Thank you for coming, everybody. Thanks, Jimmy.